Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode. I'm going to do that again. It's so loud. Hello, every everybody. Hello. <laughs> like when it goes off Whoa. the bar like that, it gets really staticky. <laughs> it's not good. And I keep forgetting which one I am. Okay, there we go. Okay. I'm one now. Yeah. Hello, everyone. God, calm down. <laughs> Can this be the cold open? Yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm like, is the guitar music playing over this? That's hilarious. <laughs> Oh, probably now. (laughs) Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Faith to Go podcast, your one-stop shop for everything you need to have faith discussions throughout your week with your friends and with your family. My name is David Tremaine, and I'm the Minister of Formation at Good Samaritan Episcopal Church in San Diego. And I am Charlotte Pressler, and I am the Youth Missioner for the Episcopal Diocese of San Diego. And I'm Kathy Wilder. I'm the Executive Director at Camp Stevens. And we are here for the second week of Lent. Uh, you're hearing this on March 1st or 2nd or 3rd, anything between 1 and 8. And uh, we'll be discussing, as you know in our new structure, the gospel for the Sunday that is approaching rather mm-hmm. than the Sunday that has already happened. So we will be talking about the uh, gospel for the second week in Lent, uh, which is from the Gospel of John. But first, we are so excited to welcome back Kathy Wilder. So happy to be back. Yes. Thanks for coming A again. Thanks to go all-star. <laughs> yeah. Is that an actual ranking? Uh, it is now. Okay. Kathy's yes. the fir- well, I guess Marilyn and Kathy have both been on twice. Yeah. Fantastic. So they are the two Faith to Go all-stars. It's a good group. <laughs> It's a great group. Right. Best group ever. Yeah, yeah for sure. Absolutely. Um, so, Kathy, welcome back. Uh, as you said in the opening, Executive Director of Camp Stevens, which we love so much. And uh, as part of that, we uh, want to ask you, instead of about your ministry context, since we've heard of it before, Fantastic. Uh, if you have any news or updates from Camp Stevens yeah, to well, share with us. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's spring, so we're super excited about rolling into some busier times. But the most exciting thing that's coming up just in a little bit here is uh, Camp Stevens Sunday, which we celebrate at all churches in both uh, San Diego and LA diocese. And um, I'm excited. Uh, I have a staff member who's going to be with Charlotte over at Christchurch Coronado. I'm going to have a staff member over at Good Samaritan. And I'm going to be in LA, actually, at All Saints Riverside. So I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, And it's just a chance for us to... Think about Camp Stevens as a part of the ministry families in both of those dioceses, and also think about the work that's done there and the opportunities for, you know, hope and for transformation and healing that can happen in that space, whether you're a kid or adult. Mm-hmm. And uh, and also just a, a chance, also if you like, to play songbook songs in your oh, church. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> don't stop believing at a church <laughs> service would be pretty cool. So. Yeah. <laughs> If you like. That's right. Johnny be good. Johnny be good. If you go with this with today's gospel. Absolutely. <laughs> Maybe I want Emma to bring Laban with her now to Christchurch. Oh boy. Right? Rock it out. Rock it out. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> That's right. And so if uh, anybody is in, I don't know if it'll be too late by the time they hear this podcast, but there's always there's a Camp Stevens Sunday every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so if anybody is interested in doing more on Camp Stevens Sunday, they should contact you? Absolutely. Yeah, contact me. Uh, another thing that we do on this day, just as a, a little shout out there, is that we always uh, try to pass the plate to try to raise money for kids to go to camp. 30% of our campers attend through scholarships, uh, which is, uh, I would say, substantially higher than most places. So we really believe in access mm-hmm. for all kids, and we want that to happen, and we really appreciate the help from all the churches. So. 
it's a it's a great uh, opportunity to really connect with the mission of of camp. So yeah. yeah, let me know if you have any questions about Camp Stevens Sunday and mm-hmm. uh, and this and and for the future. Awesome. And truthfully, even if your plate if your parish isn't participating this year in Camp Stevens Sunday mm-hmm. and you feel inspired to help. Um, recognize the efforts that Camp Stevens is doing, help send a kid to camp, I am sure that there is a place to donate on the Camp Stevens website. And we can link to that in our mm-hmm. our resources right. for Camp Stevens Sunday. Uh, okay, so in this uh, line of thought then, we always ask our question, like we answered last week and you answered last time, where did you see God this past week? In your work or anywhere else? Yeah, so... We are part of the Episcopal Camps and Conference Centers, which is an international organization of Episcopal Camps and Conference Centers. Uh, we are part of the beloved community uh, work that's be- happening for the Episcopal Church in general, and we're doing the Sacred Grounds curriculum. We do it via Zoom because we're all over the place. Mm-hmm. And it's just been an amazing uh, opportunity to connect with other leaders in our field. Uh, and also cool is that we just recently had our national conference, and mm. uh, our, our conference was in Maryland, and one of the days of our retreat, which is really neat uh, uh, design, is that we get a wellness day, and this year's mm-hmm. wellness day, we got to go to D.C., and uh, I always think about connection when I think about God moving in my life, and on that day, we so we're staying in Maryland on a site that was the original buildings were built by uh, slaves, mm-hmm. and they have an incredible tribute, a uh, beautiful uh, grave site that they reclaimed as a slave grave site that we had a program with the bishop there, mm-hmm. and that was a very moving experience. And then we went to D.C. and spent my uh, Emma and Gabby and I, two of my staff members, uh, we spent a lot of time at the African American History and Culture Museum mm-hmm. during the day. And then that evening, uh, uh, we went to uh, an Episcopal church that was hosting a rally for the Poor People's Campaign. Mm-hmm. And uh, the connectivity of that time, uh, and I told it a little bit out of order, but it was, uh, it felt like God was saying, hey, pay attention, mm-hmm. wake up, mm-hmm. think about, and... Not not a day goes by that when we're working on this curriculum, we're developing a uh, designing a curriculum for summer camp to to use for uh, race, racial reconciliation conversations with kids and staff, uh, and that really is very all encompassing for anyone doing the sacred grounds curriculum. It's an incredible opportunity mm-hmm. to learn, mm-hmm. uh, but I think about the opportunity that was dropped basically in my lap Mm -hmm. to go to this conference to prepare me to be a part of this work, the heavy lifting of this work. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it was just so grateful. You know, it's just like I have this incredible context uh, that is just a very pinpoint of a start, of course. Uh, But it's just, it was uh, really beautiful to be a part of that. That's awesome. It's really great. Yeah. And we've been, Good Sam's been doing, there's a bunch of dialogue groups at Good Sam, mm. and I've in a diocesan one. So, Sacred Ground, can't say enough about it. Yep. Also, the Diocese of Maryland, I believe, uh, as a diocese, started a program for reparations within their diocese. They did. Maybe a couple of years ago, something like that, at a, one of their diocesan conventions. So, they've been doing mm-hmm. some racial reconciliation work for a little while now. But Becoming Beloved Community, the kind of like larger uh, emphasis on racial reconciliation for the whole Episcopal Church has been, that's been around since Michael Curry Mm -hmm. started, you know, 
was that five, six, four years ago, something like that. So really awesome. So um, you can find out more information about Sacred Ground from the Episcopal Church website, www.episcopalchurch.org. You can also go to that discipleshipedsd.org website. There's a Sacred Ground tab in the drop-down menu for year-long resources. And make sure to check out Camp Stevens, campstevens.org. Absolutely, right? campstevens.org. Yeah. Uh, so that's so exciting. All the stuff with racial reconciliation is so cool. And uh, the idea of you know, developing things for children and youth to talk about. So important. Mm. So thinking about renewal and important conversations, uh, we move to the gospel for the second week in Lent. Uh, we want to hear from you with any of your uh, questions or comments or stories from your week of faith discussion. You can email us, faith2go at edsd.org. Contact us through the faith to go website where you can find all the resources of this upcoming week's gospel, myfaith2go.org, and you can contact us through Instagram at faith2go. So this week's uh, gospel for Lent 2 is John 3, 1 through 17. Charlotte is going to read it, and then we're each going to discuss a point. John chapter 3, verses 1 through 17. Now there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jews. He came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do apart from the presence of God. Jesus answered him, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Nicodemus said to him, how can anyone be born after having grown old? Can one enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. What is born of the flesh is flesh, and what is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be astonished that I have said to you, you must be born from above. The wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you a teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know and testify to what we have seen, yet you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you about earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whomever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. All right. So uh, we heard just now a pretty ubiquitous Bible verse that pretty much everybody everywhere, whether you're a Christian or not, if you've just been to maybe even like a wrestling match or a football game. Or in and out Or in and out <laughs> That's right. <laughs> anywhere. You've seen... John 3.16, the cool thing about the lectionary, though, is that we don't look at individual verses. So we actually get to see it in its context with the fact that it goes with a story and in a narrative and with other preceding uh, and uh, following verses. 
So super helpful just as a basic guideline that looking at individual versus by themselves, not a helpful practice. So um, one, I think one just helpful thing is just to say that this, this part in John three fourteen and 15, this weird thing that Jesus, the story Jesus references and never actually explains about Moses lifting up the serpent in the wilderness is from Numbers chapter 21. And it's this weird story about the uh, Israelites wandering around in the wilderness and they do something that God doesn't like and God sends a bunch of snakes and the snakes bite all of them and they're all dying. And Moses is like, God, please help us do something. And instead of taking the snakes away, God tells Moses, make a, a serpent out of bronze and put it you know, on a pole and lift it up and whoever looks at it will be saved. So that's what Jesus is referencing here is this kind of weird, weird story, which we're going to get into later. Um, but I think that's it. So that's all. Kathy has the first point for today. So as I mentioned, I'm uh, doing this reading with my uh, Sacred Grounds group, and we're reading this really interesting book called Waking Up White. And uh, one of the stories, it's a really totally digestible book because it's written in stories. And one of the stories is about uh, a kid relaying her experience with her mom who has is she's noticing that generationally she's being taught to not question mm-hmm. what is real. And so it's in the context of uh, noticing uh, some socially constructed things about race as a, as a, and it's the, the person narrating is, is white. So I thought about that because, you know, here's a Pharisee. He's got all the cards in his basket, right? He's, he's got, the respect, the title, the uh, you know, privilege, all that stuff, right? So, why why is he questioning? Right, he's yeah. starting to question. Yeah. And, uh, yes, in the middle of the night, but yeah. uh, you got to start somewhere. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You got <laughs> to give him some props for that. Hey, so, uh, so, courage. but I think about questioning, and it's actually, something that I really, uh, really drew me to uh, the Episcopal Church. I just felt like questioning was uh, really accepted. It was actually super encouraged. And I think that questioning is hard when you are you are in a position where you don't have a lot of discomfort, right. and comfort uh, can be uh, something of a shield or a uh, a cushion that uh, makes us not feel like we have to question. So I think the habit of questioning, uh, in this sense, is opening a door to transformation and change, and also. That would will happen through a, a process of reflection, reflection, mm-hmm. from, and the, in terms of uh, whoever might think of this, not just Nicodemus, but in general, and it, that really came true to me as we're reading through the whole entire section. Mm-hmm. That you know you hear John three sixteen quite often, but you don't hear John three seventeen, which is that God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, so that you know, so that everybody's you know, going to be saved, right? But it's not about condemnation. It's about, you know, in 17, it's about, uh, you know, th- the world being saved. Uh, specifically saying not condemning the world. Specifically saying to save the world. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's very that has, I'm sure, a variety of interpretations of what saving really looks like. And if we, as we know, that's been lived out in many ways. Mm-hmm. But I really think if you question it, if you say... You know, what does this really mean to believe? What does this really mean to be saved? Uh, 
I think that we could start thinking about the role of Jesus and the role of God in our lives in a, in a, in a different way, mm-hmm. in a way that says, let's, let's move forward and think about how, uh, am, what am I, am I, what I, am I doing to, uh, uh, you know, really believe in what God is about. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Waking up a little bit and tr- getting into the habit of questioning and therefore getting the habit of reflection, mm-hmm. I think, is is what the frame of, for me, what the frame of this section is. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I think and I, that my, the point I want to make kind of flows from yours because my, I kind of, I'm interested in how what Jesus is describing is kind of like the process by which that saving happens when we start to ask these kind of questions. Because it's interesting to think, like, what I hear Nicodemus saying, Nicodemus's question is kind of an understandable response to Jesus. If you've never, like, say you've never heard this, like, 2,000 years of Christians saying, you need to be reborn or whatever, right? You don't have that kind of you don't have that kind of language for your kind of spiritual journey. And so you're hearing it for the first time and you're saying, what are you talking about? Like, what do you, how can, how can I, as an adult, go back into my mother's womb and be born again? He's taking it very literally, which is understandable. Jesus is saying, like, if we take it in terms of our, our current conversation about race, it is the same kind of thing as saying, like, I, th- I thought we were past racism. You know, mm-hmm. like, I don't under, I think we're all just the same human race. You know, it's like Jesus saying, you don't get to just have a reset button. You don't just get to, like, like paint over the whole thing, pretend like it didn't happen, and just pretend like everything is fine. You know, it actually takes some really hard, challenging, uncomfortable work. And if you, if, unless you do that, you can't begin to see the ways that, oppression happens you know like you are blind to it and that's what that's the first thing jesus says is that unless you are born again from above unless you begin to like have your mind changed unless you begin to start like taking part in the like the mind of god the vision of god for the world you're not gonna be able to see the kingdom of heaven Mm -hmm. you're not gonna be able to see the ways that things aren't the way that they're supposed to be in order to bring them about to the way they are and so and and so he uses this example about the serpent being lifted up in the wilderness from numbers like i said in the context part and again it's like jesus is saying look at this story what happens is the people do something that causes a that causes suffering okay and what god doesn't do is zap all the snakes away and make it so that the cause of suffering <laughs> isn't there anymore what God does is uses that very, the very suffering as a symbol for the thing that you can lift up in order to be healed, so that to gaze at the source of suffering heals you, so that it's uncomfortable and painful. It still feels like a snake bite. It doesn't go away, but you can't get there without going through the process of being honest with what has happened. You can't get there without going through the process, the painful process, especially for the people in power and privilege, to say, I've taken part in this thing, I have caused suffering, and I am suffering, and the only way that 
I am going to be able to see the kingdom of heaven, to do the things, the actions of the kingdom of heaven, are to gaze at that suffering and like go through it instead of pretend like it doesn't exist or ask God to take it away altogether. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And that actually goes a little bit into my point, which is point number three, which has entirely to do with the things we cannot see, not because of blinders, but because they aren't seeable. And this will be, I think, the third time I figured out, David, the third time recently where we've talked about the spirit, Mm -hmm. which is something we don't get to talk about that much. So the fact that there have been three occurrences on a regular basis where we get to visit with the spirit um, feels very holy to me to consider that work. Um, And I particularly love the way that it comes into this piece of scripture that we just read which is the wind blows where it chooses and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. And that's just so glorious, right? It is so glorious for anybody who has ever stood outside, stood outside by the ocean, stood outside on top of a mountain, in a field, on the corner of a busy street, and have felt the wind whip by them. You can turn and look, but you're not going to see where the ca- wind came from. It's not like in a cartoon where you have the cloud with the wind poofing out the side of it. And if you turn your head to the other side, you won't see where it's gone. You may see the leaves tumbling in its wake, but you don't know where the wind has gone. Mm-hmm. And when we consider the spirit that way, that the spirit is constantly at work in everything that we are doing, in every interaction that we have, in every conversation that we have, in this room where we sit right now, well, we don't know where it came from, and we don't know where it's going to go, but we know that it's working right here. Mm-hmm. And being aware of that presence in our life and how we choose to engage with the spirit, how we choose to work with the spirit is the same thing as saying that we need to take our blinders off and we really need to see, right? We don't have to know all of the stuff that lays behind to be part of the journey with the Spirit. Mm -hmm. We don't have to know exactly where the Spirit is going to lead. I'm going to say that part again. We don't have to know exactly where the Spirit is going to lead. And I said it twice because for people like me, that's really hard. I like to know where I'm going. I like to chart my course. I like to make my plan. And that's actually something Kathy and I have in common in that we both like the outdoors and hiking and preparedness is really a part of that, right? Well, the Spirit's like, I've got you. Let's go, right? Like the pack is packed. The, The work is here. Come along for the journey. And being able to live into that conversation is everyday work for me. Um, the good work, the hard work, right? But that listening, not just for God's call, but the way that we're called to be on the journey and allow the Spirit to move through us and with us as we're on that road is requires openness and trust mm-hmm. and that we aren't always going to know where we're going, but we'll probably know when we get there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so three points... Um, point number one was Kathy's and it was about the importance of this last verse, uh, John three seventeen, uh, and, and how Jesus is not here to condemn, but to save and the importance of emphasizing that fact in the midst of all this work of reconciliation that we're trying to do, you know, that Jesus isn't here to hurt us, but to help us not here to make us feel worse, but to, you know, help us get somewhere. 
Uh, number two was mine, and it was uh, about the process of that kind of salvation, of being saved, of healing, uh, and how important it is, uh, like Jesus tells Nicodemus, to not pretend like things have never happened or wish them away, but work through them, and that reconciliation happens through an honest truth-telling about what has been true and what is still true and where we want to go. And then the last one is how that process unfolds through the Spirit, which was Charlotte's point, and how we can't know where the Spirit is leading us. But as long as we are being in touch with this journey, we can know that the Spirit is leading and that all we need to do is follow the prompting of the Holy Spirit. So, um, we encourage you to go back and listen to that gospel again or read it yourself uh, at home. See if anything jumps out, uh, having, having heard that conversation. we also love to hear from you. Uh, you can email us, faith2go at edsd.org. Contact us through the website and check out all those faith2go resources, myfaith2go.org, or contact us through Instagram and follow us uh, for this gospel from John. For this, uh, We're in Lent 1 and leading up to Lent 2. Also, make sure to keep an eye out for... Uh, Camp Stephen Sunday in your congregation. Absolutely. And if they don't do it, yell at somebody in charge. <laughs> Turn them in. Turn them Email in to me. Kathy. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and again, we want to thank Kathy Wilder for being here. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah. Great. All Thanks star. Yeah. All star. So we hope you have a holy uh, second week of Lent. Uh, we hope that you get a lot out of the gospel this week. And uh, stay tuned for more from John's gospel, because we're going to be hearing a lot of it over the course of Lent in year A this year. And we'll be back in your feed March 8th to talk about the gospel for Lent 3. And until then, say goodbye. Goodbye, goodbye everybody. everybody.